with Aaron Dowd. I throw balls far. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. Good Friday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports on a very special Garrison Financial Friday. Why is it special, you may ask? What's up out there to the folks already on the golf course for the 53rd annual Oil and Gas Appreciation Golf Tournament? Got off to a seamless start. Now, hopefully... It ends that way, right? I hope so. Scotty's hope in the so. house for a little bit. He'll be headed out to the golf course later on. What Self time do you well. think the Bevo bites are going to be? Man, there was already cookers fired up. Oh, my There was gosh. breakfast this morning. Oh, yeah. There's always great. That's the same. <laughs> so, I told my son. He'd been out of school for about a week. I've been getting on him. Dude, it's time to get a job. Yeah. You know, his, he had hip surgery. He really can't lift. He's he's not going to be cleared to lift with his lower body until probably close to school starting. So I said, hey, dude, you know, if you can't lift, you can't take a lot of sports, it's time, it's time, time to be a big boy. Go get you a job. So uh, I let him kind of slide for about a week. And then I said, I tell you what, you have fun tonight because starting tomorrow, if you don't have a job, you're going to be home by 5 o'clock in the evening every evening. <laughs> And it's weird. He got a job by 10 o'clock the next <laughs> yeah. morning. It's funny how all of a sudden everybody was hiring. <laughs> <laughs> but he messed up, and he is helping out with the grounds crew. And he oh, was there at 4 a.m. this morning. Oh, awesome! my. Awesome. But he came home. He said, Dad, man, I had a breakfast burrito. I had a donut. I, <laughs> he was loading up. You out know there what? This I morning. saw him out there. I saw him sneak over and goes, the donuts got there right as everybody's about to tee off. I saw him sneak over there and get him a get him a donut. Yeah, the burritos, man, it's 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 you know, it's just fun. I know. And the food. I know there's there's a bunch of different vendors cooking in different parts of the golf course. So about the time that you might get hungry, it you, just magically pops up. You mean about the time that you're not just completely stuffed and miserable from well, from three holes earlier yeah There's... that happens too <laughs> i can't wait uh it's going to be a fun afternoon hopefully the rain holds off and and then uh, we get all 36 holes in the voice here is scott garrison jared how are you today? i'm good how are you doing i'm it doing was be- wonderful. I'm getting out this morning i was happy for you you know i let my dog out every morning i mean i walked out it was pristine not a wind nothing slight dew on the grass not, not a cloud in the sky i thought Aaron's happy this morning. Yeah, it's this awesome. is good. See, and I'm going to go to work for you. Oh, of course. And you did. You don't even have him on your team. And, what, <laughs> and who did you have on your team instead of Jared? A, what much, did you say? a much better player. Yeah, Gunkel. That's a hey, Texas listen, fan. A it Texas doesn't matter. Fan? It's, there is no way you guys are going to shame me into thinking I made the wrong choice here. <laughs> I wasn't trying. It's, it's not happening. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you right now. You might as well just give up because it's not happening. As much as I love Jared, uh, he's not the same I caliber love, of but golfer. I do, no, I'm not. And I love scabbing on to, to teams that have great golfers, and I can just relax, go out. We'll there you just, go. So, hey, those, if you're fine. in the afternoon they don't need and you need, need a, a player, player, text the text line 225-9698. <laughs> 
No, no, I'm I'm hooked up. No, you're good. We're, we're going to get you out Somebody's got to run this. Be, hey, your hey. wife will be just as happy as our wives will <laughs> yeah. be. <laughs> Somebody's got to run this place because I know nobody's going to be here this afternoon. Yeah, it's, talk about a, a ghost town yeah. around this joint. Yeah, this time of year on a Friday. <laughs> but, yeah, it yeah. doesn't have to even have a, have a golf tournament. If it's nice out on a Friday in the summer, this well. place is a ghost town. <laughs> yeah, that's we're, we're here then. Thankfully, there is a tournament that I'm able to out there uh scotty what you got today well hey how about a little how we do yesterday well the cowgirls didn't do quite as well they had a pretty rough outing i blame the delay it was such a choppy game it was hard to ever kind of get rhythm it is started and stopped and then when they started again the two-run bomb and they play an inning or two and then they stop and then it seemed like that last time coming out they just never really didn't feel like they were in it at that point yeah yeah, no. It. I mean, that's that's true too. I mean, we had a two nothing lead on Westmore in state soccer playoffs when I was in high school. Started at seven o'clock, and we had a huge storm system move in, and uh, we restarted the game at midnight. Wow. We had a two nothing lead, and we lost five to two. Oh, oh my gosh. wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So yeah, it's no those delays really they mess with your head. They it's it's you know it's a different kind of deal but i didn't think that oklahoma was gonna make it there for a little bit yesterday you know how i know that oklahoma is an unstoppable force in softball other than you know watching them win 49 in a row right here on the front page of espn's website and the college sports it says meet nigerie canaday who pushed number one Oklahoma to the limit, became a women's college World Series star despite losing. Despite losing. <laughs> yes. That's how I know that OU is above the fray. Yeah. Yeah. Meet the girl that almost beat him. That's exactly right. Let's celebrate her. <laughs> and that's, yeah. And that, isn't that about the level for ESPN? I mean, they just can't stand the fact that little old Oklahoma can dominate any sport i had to mute it any sport at all i had to mute it yesterday but they have to find that hook they have to find that angle because well i mean 49 in a row people are gonna go oh oklahoma's on they're gonna win and probably tune out they need to find that hook that keeps people watching and that's what they're doing and she pitch great let's not she try was to take, awesome yeah she might be the best pitcher in this tournament she was awesome but like but i told George, you jordy was a little better like i told you as it was happening and we talked about it yesterday how can you beat ou you've got to do things that are completely unorthodox yep. if you play normal they're gonna win and at that point i told you as it got back to coleman they need to take her out don't let the top of this lineup see her for a third time, which seemed crazy because she was shutting out the vaunted yeah. Sooners, but they should have. You just have to do things because, that don't make any sense. Because then what happened? Yeah. Then that happened. Another hit, booted it, 2 nothing. game over. Probably got her timing down a little bit. Oh, you, I mean, you could see. Oh, you see it all Kind of from, yeah. from like Kenzie Hansen's at bat. The second time around, she hit a screaming line drive to the first baseman right at her, and she caught it. Brito almost hits it out. You could see the swings starting to to match up, get on top of that rise ball a little bit more. And it was just 
I know it doesn't make any sense when when she was shutting out OU through four and two thirds innings, has the best ERA in the country, the best pitcher maybe in the tournament, like Jared said. But they should have taken her out. Yeah, you're right. Don't let them see that many because pitches. You have to do the unconventional stuff to try to pull off monumental upsets. You That's know, look true. The, I mean, you got to pull out the Statue of Liberty play, right? Mm-hmm. You yeah. got to do stuff like that yeah. to 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 get the upsets and the hook and ladder all of it you got to throw <laughs> everything in the kitchen sink and the ladder Adam. and nobody it, wants to mention that we didn't have five players five starters in well me. see you bringing up i see there's no bitterness or anger in me at all <laughs> of course not. oh man what was the guy that got sent home that, that may have been the next well, year there were five of them from the burlington coat factory yeah <laughs> yeah mo yeah. dampier was that him i mean was he the, you're already getting you're already getting more free stuff than you ever imagined in your entire life, so let's go steal something. Yeah, didn't have a fur coat in that swag bag, baby. <laughs> in the desert. Yeah, that was, yeah, I wouldn't like it was the pinstripe bowl. <laughs> so, hey, how much money do you oh, think? I knew this was going to be the question. I almost how, looked this how, up. How much money do you think the Women's College World Series is going to bring into Oklahoma City this year? Like oh, the economic man. impact of yeah. it? The economic impact. I love these. Um Oh wow, and we're talking uh, in a span of a little less than a week. Yeah, like Thursday to Wednesday. If mm-hmm. it goes. But if the rain keeps coming, it might be a full week. I'm going to say ninety-five million dollars. <laughs> that's that's a little overreach. Oh, is it? I mean, I'm <laughs> that's shooting. a little overreach. Yeah, twenty-five million. I 25 almost said twenty-five. I twenty-five million dollars. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, it is. I, I think that a I can't remember. We talked about this during football season. Was it was it five million dollars a game that it was costing Norman uh when they were having more because they had eleven AM kickoff instead of having an evening kickoff or afternoon kickoff? It was some, I, I saw this yesterday because <clears throat> there was a story that um Oklahoma and Texas are negotiating with the Cotton Bowl that, that contract runs out in twenty five to keep that game there. And within that story, it mentioned that a game day at on campus, it was like four and a half to yeah, five and a half million right dollars. Five yeah. million dollars. Yep. So you think about the fact that now that's football. That's a hundred thousand seat stadium, not counting the people that are tailgating. I mean, this is a thirteen thousand, fourteen thousand I mean, if they've got if they've got more than thirteen thousand fans in there, they're loaded and twenty five million bucks. And when you think about it, <clears throat> if it goes to Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, it's basically a game day in Norman every single day of this tournament. Every day of the tournament. No wonder yeah. Oklahoma City has invested so much into that stadium and so much into that tournament to keep it right there. Absolutely. They see the economic impact. They had the force. They saw that a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. Well, and here's what's crazy about it. When we were talking yesterday, obviously with Oklahoma or Oklahoma State in the field, there's a buzz. But you see that stadium that they – you see it full no matter who's playing. Well, and that was – there's a really good article, and I hate giving ESPN any credit at all, but there's a really good article about it. Um, let me see. You know, give credit to the to the people, right? Is that what you're supposed to do? Well, I don't know. You know, ESPN actually does a good job when they're not on their tirades of – So, uh, Graham Hayes from ESPN has a good article. How Oklahoma City, home of the Women's College World Series, became the center of the softball universe. 
And it's really interesting. I mean, one girl talks about coming here when she was in junior high and high school, coming to Oklahoma City to play and thinking how amazing it's going to be if I ever get to stand on that mound in the College Mm -hmm. World Series. You know, another coach said something to the – yeah, I mean, it's it's just – that's the way it's looked at. It's looked at the as the mecca of mm-hmm. college softball. It, it, it's basically the masters for college softball. It is, it is. And, and it's not just college. It is the mecca of softball, yeah. period, in the world. Yeah. Any, any big tournament, world – I mean, internationally, where is it? Yeah, it's right there every single time. It's pretty far out. That's why it's pretty crazy to me. I mean, I get it. People are getting mad because they think it's an unfair advantage for OU, and it's advantage. There's no doubt about it to play that right there. But where else are you going to have it? I, I mentioned yesterday, it's thirteen thousand seats there. The next biggest place to hold this thing has four. There you go. I mean, what are you doing? Oh, it's a oh, it's an unfair advantage for Oklahoma. Really? How many? Uh, I think. Uh, Five times we played the Miami Hurricanes <laughs> in the Orange Bowl. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. For the national championship. Yeah, this actually isn't at Marita Hines. Yeah. At least it's up the, up the street <laughs> I mean, a little bit. <laughs> I mean, let's uh, – yeah, don't don't tell Oklahoma fans about what's fair and unfair. But the truth of it is it can't be anywhere else right now. No, until someone – until another city or another yeah, whatever gonna, because, steps up. Because it'll be – they're already talking about expanding it again and, mm-hmm. and making it bigger. It's it's a great thing. How big is it of an advantage – we're talking advantage of – I'm trying to see if it's happening. We see a lot of in-state players go to OU and OSU – Think about, you know, the whole world, yes, the, the mecca of softball. How much of an advantage is it for the state of Oklahoma when they have state tournaments there at yeah. the high school level? They get to play it there. And when yeah. they get to that championship game, they're in that stadium that you see that we saw last night and yesterday afternoon. Yeah. And that hooks those girls in like, wow, it's I like, want to be here in college. Yeah, it's like the like the Texas kids getting to go to play Jerry the, World. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, go to exactly. Jerry World to play the great, football championship. Great comparison, yes. Yeah. 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 And it just boosts the sport in the state, which me as a girl dad loves that, you know, to see that. And and they see that on TV and go, you know, my girls see that. And they go, hey, that's literally in Oklahoma City. Like, what? That's in Oklahoma City? Like, and yeah. you haven't taken us? Yeah. Well, I've, that's a different conversation. <laughs> we need to get in your piggy bank, sweetie. <laughs> uh, so, uh, all right, enough of this. Who are you playing with today? I am playing with Roy and Jason Keener and Chance Silas. So and you yeah. are on the tee box with Colby. Yeah, I'm on the tee box with all of the Oklahoma State fans. It's awful. Who all is going to be? Could, you want? You know what blows my. I mean, it's like you got a Florida State hat. Just wear that. <laughs> have you noticed if they're if they and oh man, I'm going to hear about this this afternoon. If they're an Oklahoma State fan, every day that they play golf, there's a different article of Oklahoma State gear that they're wearing. I mean. Is that the only way you identify? <laughs> I got. I am not going to say a word about this because it will get me in trouble at the house. <laughs> I will be very quiet on the subject. Uh, it's just unbelievable. It's just so it's Colby, be, Mikey, be orange everywhere. It's going to make me nauseous. <laughs> it's going to be Colby, Mikey, Mikey, uh, Matt Ham. Ma- okay, Matt's coming. Yeah, yep. And now I'm going to get in trouble because I can't remember who the who the fourth is. Yeah, I mean, you know who Matt is because his mouth just never stops the entire <laughs> tournament. 
It's just <laughs> constant, constant ramblings of of pistols pewing. <laughs> Oh, All bless, right, bless their hearts. This is exactly uh, what we were hoping for on an old guest Friday. <laughs> All right, tell everybody about what you got going on down at Garrison Financial. Yeah, we are in Oklahoma State fans. I love to work with Oklahoma State fans. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong, man. I'm That's chasing fans, chasing so. off chasing off possible clientele here, aren't I? Yeah, I don't know if I'm a Texas fan. Is it Scott at pokewealth.com? No, it's not. No, it's not. I mean, wouldn't you rather be wealthy sooner? Yeah, Scott at soonerwealth.com. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Come down and see me. We'll we'll work on your financial plan. We'll see how we can navigate this market uh, for some people. Uh, being in the market's not not really the answer. They they don't have that that type of uh, risk aversion, and they, they need some some safer alternatives, and we can do that. We can find some safer ways to invest your money that actually gets a return instead of 0.5% sitting in an account somewhere. So holler at me, come see me, let's let's make a plan, and let's make your money work efficiently. Very good. Scott at SoonerWealth.com, Garrison Financial, 124 North Main in Elk City. We'll see you here in just a little bit this afternoon, Scotty. When we come back, more of the College World Series, also the SEC sticking with eight game conference schedule but for how long and why also a future sooner former elk city elk Ryder cowan did some amazing things yesterday we'll tell you about that as well skinny on sports coming back on the garrison financial friday hello my name is scott garrison you may remember me as scott the barber or just as ron and carla's son i've been involved in our community since opening scott's barbershop on the southeast corner of third and main in 1998 now i'm back in the same building as garrison financial i started investing in my 20s i invested through the dot-com crash and the great recession i started caring for other people's money in 2018 and i truly enjoy sitting down with my clients understanding their wants and needs as well as what keeps them up at night whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker, dealer, member, FINRA, and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside this specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice. The Skinny on Sports. We're back. Skinny on Sports, 98-point sports animal. It's a Garrison Financial of Friday. Scott was just in here talking about the, all the different things that he's got available. He's full financial planner. He can do it all. It means shop the open market value on your life insurance and investments. If you're one of those folks that likes to kind of manage stuff, likes to dabble with it, but you're just not quite sure how to get started, he can try to build your plan that then you can manage, or he can just manage everything. At SoonerWealth.com is his email address. One Main Street is his location. Go give Scott a visit and financial. All right, about the Women's College Worlds in the opener there, Jerry. Um, man, a good day uh, yesterday. Is able to, I think, probably got more in than maybe we thought with the weather coming through there. Both games in the early without any delays. And then the afternoon, say, that thing was choppy. You didn't even get to take the field. They're going to go at noon today. And then that has to turn around at 8.30 tonight and play Oklahoma State in game. Uh, but it, in the OU game, it, it was almost like an old school football game. You know, back when, when this thing started gaining popularity, I feel like you saw a whole bunch of one nothing, 2-1. It could go 
you know, scoreless through seven, eight, nine innings sometimes. And it felt like that's where that thing was headed before Oklahoma finally broke through there in the fifth. I love games like that. I, I love good battles like that, especially between those two great pitchers. It's a lot of fun. But, um, and one mistake, one mistake made by Stanford there in the, did it help me, fifth inning? Yeah, Sixth, fifth. fifth inning. And that was, and, and we were watching it. And as soon as that happened, we were both kind of like, well, that, that could be it. Because Jordy Ball, I mean, give uh, Canada her mm-hmm. enough credit. I mean, all the credit, all the credit. She played or pitched a fantastic game. Reminded me of the young lady from a couple years ago. Odyssey Alexander. You remind me of her. James Madison, no doubt. And then, um, but then you got to give credit to Ball too, because w- without Ball's pitching, I mean, she got herself out of some jams more than once, uh, and that kept her team, uh, gave her. And as long as she was uh, in the in the ring there, I thought that gives OU all the opportunity to win, and it's going and they're gonna as the longer this thing goes on, uh, a zero zero tie. You know, the the people would say, well, that puts there's that pressure we're talking about. That more pressure, that pressure would be on OU more to break through. But I I kind of beg to differ. Sometimes the team that's pulling off the upset, the longer they could stretch it out, then that pressure builds for them too. Because like, man, here it is zero zero, but we have got to score. We cannot hit off this this Jordy ball. So, um, but great game. I mean, the pitching matchup, the pitching duel was extremely fun to watch, and. Makes me wonder now with Tennessee next, who put up ten runs on Alabama, because that was the best pitcher. What we think is in this tournament does is that ease off. Now can OU look for go? Okay, we don't have to see her now. Maybe later, but now we just worry about Tennessee. Would they have more success against a less talented pitcher? If that makes sense. Yeah, there's two. I mean, I think Tennessee. They were one of the one of the teams. That kind of has a, a two-headed monster on the mound that some others don't. Mm-hmm. You know, without you know Oklahoma not seeing obviously Canada before yesterday, you know, not seeing uh, these girls, it's a, it's a different challenge. And I and I wonder, you know, talking about maybe pulling her at that time, I wonder if you if Tennessee will look at that and kind of go with that strategy. You know, there was a lot of times early on, even in the Big Twelve, where the coaches wouldn't allow the OU hitters to see their pitcher twice. You know, it was like one time through the lineup, you're done. One time through the lineup, Mm -hmm. you're done. And I wonder if that strategy comes back. We haven't seen it lately. You know, that was more of the first of the year kind of stuff, and it really did seem like it threw OU's offense off balance a little bit just by not getting comfortable, you know, in in the box against multiple pitchers. But, you know, I don't know if anything yesterday – did anything yesterday – kind of change your mind of what you think the ultimate result of this thing no. is going to be? No. Well, no. No. Even up to the point of I think we saw the two best teams, in my opinion, the two best teams in OU and Tennessee. Tennessee almost tried – I mean, Alabama tried to make it interesting, but let's face it, Tennessee should have had that thing run-ruled and over with. And uh, that was a, the, a big test for OU out of the gate. No, nothing changes my mind. I think OU is the best team. And I think Tennessee is going to meet them there in the championship series. So that means that tomorrow's game, tune in. That one could be epic. Oklahoma State, we mentioned lost 8 nothing to Florida State. Uh, Kate Sandercock is – I mean, it seems like she has been there forever. Yeah. But she was good. Kept OSU off balance. Uh, she went five scoreless, gave up four hits, struck out four and walked two. 
with what happened in the challenge that is Tennessee next for Oklahoma, if OSU can can get by today, do you think that that loss makes it le- less or more likely that we could see Bedlam? Um, I want to say less likely. Just because you don't think Oklahoma's going to lose? Well, just I'm kind of standing on what I said yesterday. I don't think we'll see him there, and and I had a feeling that Florida State would give Oklahoma State problems. I just had that feeling, and I wasn't going it by chalk just because they were seated higher. I just I just thought um, they're just a slightly better team, and it was unfortunate. The weather thing, I think, is a thing. The delay was a thing. And but it was two to nothing when I went to a delay. Am I right? Yeah, they, they hit a home they, run in the they, first. Well, it got delayed they, to they begin delayed with. The start and yeah. then they got started. Then they, it took a two nothing lead, and then it was and delayed to like the third or so. Yeah, and then it, yeah. Well, I was fortunate. I got home late last night. I was still able to watch the majority of that mm-hmm. game. But uh, I think those start and stops has problems. But the other team has to deal with it too. I mean, it that's it can't be a built in excuse for OSU because Florida State had to sit and wait too. So. It it but but my point is I think there's a rhythm thing especially when you're behind and then you stop and then you you can't refine rhythm and um so I it just makes a tougher road to hoe for OSU it, it I it's just less likely for me to see him get back get to the championship series I, I think you're seeing a little bit of you know this the, maybe the the struggle that OSU went through at the end of the season versus Florida State getting better because Oklahoma State took two of three from the Seminoles. But that seems like a long time ago, right? Way back in the, the early part of the season. And after a great performance back-to-back weekends in the regionals and then in the super regionals in a, in a time where a lot of people thought OSU could be in trouble just to get to Oklahoma City, it just kind of fell flat, man. It, it's like you got there, and I, I, wonder, I was of the opinion that kind of getting past that is going to allow them to, to be – just free and clear and, and go out and continue to roll, and that just isn't what happened whatsoever yeah, last what else, night against Florida State. What else sucks about that delay is it took the crowd away. There's yeah, a lot of people no who doubt. just decided to go home. It was a Thursday night. You know, people still have to work the next day. I mean, if this was on a Friday night, that, that OSU crowd may have hung out you know, and stuck around as long as possible. But when that thing in, like right at midnight, 1130, I mean, it was late. And we talked about the great crowds, but you can't blame them for not wanting to stick around. And then they tell you clearly there's lightning in the area, go to a safe spot, clear the stadium, all that stuff. And some people are like, ah, let's just go home. I got work tomorrow, hon. Let's put the kids to bed. Let's go. And that's a part of it, too. It was a weird atmosphere after once it completed because there's barely anybody there. Right. It's yeah. so late. And so in all that advantage – that was pre-tournament talk for Oklahoma and Oklahoma State gets wiped away yeah, yeah. With, with with that weather, no doubt. So now today, as I mentioned, Utah and Washington were not able to even get on the field yesterday in the first round. And they, a part of me was hoping they would. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I will stay up. <laughs> <laughs> so they'll start at uh, at noon today. Then you'll have the first elimination game at 6 o'clock between Stanford and Alabama. And then the nightcap will be Oklahoma State against whoever loses Washington, Utah. Then tomorrow, uh, the winner's bracket takes the field with a couple of games. Obviously, OU and Tennessee is at 2 o'clock. And then whoever wins that Washington game, Washington-Utah game, will play uh, Florida State after that. So that's kind of what's going on up at Oklahoma City in the Women's College World Series. Regionals, baseball-wise, start today. Oklahoma's in Virginia. 
at Charlottesville in that regional. They'll take on East Carolina. That's a 6 o'clock start tonight. Virginia and Army will get going here in a couple about an hour and a half. I think there's an 11 o'clock first pitch there. And then up at Stillwater at O'Brate Stadium, Oklahoma State, the 11th seed nationally. They'll play ORU 6 o'clock tonight. Golden Eagles knocked off the Cowboys twice this season uh, in their two matchups, but uh, they're, they're going to see a totally different arm from OSU tonight than what they did uh, in those other two matchups. And then at noon, you've got Dallas Baptist and Washington from uh, O'Brate and Stillwater. What are your thoughts on to look ahead to the baseball stuff? Well, let's see if OU can put together another magical run. It, they're familiar with the East Coast and playoff baseball. Um, be interesting to see what happens over there. I think you know, I, I think they got a good seed for that region, for the other teams that are there, and you never know. So, and I'm hearing that they're getting healthier and healthier. So we'll see if uh, they can believe that they can put together another run. Be interesting to see what happens tonight at six, and then OSU. Listen, I don't, I don't think they'll have any problems. To be honest with you, there's all that talk, like you just mentioned, ORU knocked them off a couple times. Dallas Baptist got them. Yeah, well, they split two. Split, split a pair. Right. I mean, there's going to be that that banter of, oh, these are teams that can get OSU. and No, forget it. Forget about it. This is playoff baseball at O'Brate in Stillwater. This is a, this is a college World Series quality team in OSU. I don't think they're going to have any problems in this region. It's to pretty, be honest with, you, I'll be shocked. I'd be absolutely. This isn't Ar- This isn't. This isn't Arkansas. Arkansas. That's right. This, these are. OSU. This is ORU and Dallas Baptist. Good teams in their own right, but OSU is just better. Isn't it interesting how much this regional kind of parallels the exact conversation that we were having two weeks ago with yes. the softball regional exactly. with Washington, with Wichita State and all that? Isn't that interesting exactly. how this is? Exactly. And look what happened there. I think the same thing. I don't think they'll have any problem. I don't. I'd be shocked if they do. They they should. They are the better team. They're at home. They should take care of business. Yeah, I think they will. I, I just they need a little bit of pitching, obviously. Uh, but man, it's just so hard to keep them down offensively. They can swing it all the way through the lineup, and so I I feel the same way. I think you're going to see uh, Oklahoma State be able to to push through on the OU side. The magical run that happened last year. Here's the problem: those guys that were on the hill during that magical run a year ago ain't there no more, right? right. You know, so that's that's a lot tougher task, I think, this year than what we saw last year going to Virginia Tech and, and being able to to come through there. It just it, it just seems like OU is at least the kind of it's just one of those years where they're just young and they're not. You know, you look back at everything they lost off of that team from a year ago that played for the national title in the three-game series. Look what they lost, and it's obvious why this has not been nearly the season that a lot of people hoped coming off of that magical run last year. And and quite honestly, the truth was that team just kind of found something at the end. Yeah, you've seen it before. But having said that, it's possible. Because do you happen to remember – that last year, the team that beat Oklahoma at the end, Ole Miss, was the very last team to get into the tournament. So I know you know yeah. was one of the last four this year, the last four in to be able to get into the regional. So it's it's possible, but uh, if you if you're asking me, one team one of the two state schools moves on, the other one doesn't. I'll clearly be on the OSU side of that 
that uh, the Cowboys would move on. And then you see with, with the U- whether or not they have to go to Vanderbilt or if somebody upsets them and yeah. they have to come back to O'Brate next week. With the youth at OU, it still feels – even last year it felt like they are a couple years away. And then, you know, he's gotten some good guys in there and that you've seen sporadically throughout the season produce. I mean, true freshman guys. And now it feels like they're a year away, right? It feels like they're on the cusp. And they're a good team with a good coach, and he's building something. I think the vision was four or five years down the road we'll have something uh, rolling a little bit. And maybe, of course, last year obviously way ahead of schedule. So we'll just see. We'll see what happens. You still gotta go. Pitching's big. You got to have pitching, and that's not you know, it, that's not there this year. But they still have some big bats. They got good defense, but um, the pitching has to be on point to give a, that for them to have a chance. All right, staying with the Oklahoma theme, man, what a what an exciting finish it had to have been down at the territory in Duncan yesterday. Yeah. So you know we were we were wanting bedlam on the softball field. We may not get that as we wanted, but we got a little bedlam yesterday in the final round of the OGA Stroke Play Championship at the Territory. Uh, Ryder Cowan grew up right here in Elk City, uh, coming off of back-to-back individual state titles. He won the 3A uh, tournament a year ago, then just a couple of weeks back over in Weatherford, claimed the 4A individual title, helped his team at OCS win the team title as well. He uh, went into yesterday's final round two shots behind uh, his buddy Jordan Wilson, who plays at Oklahoma State. Uh, Ryder was 9 un- through 17. Had the lead, had the tournament in his hands, and then a poor tee shot off the 18th, a couple of uh, hacks out of the rough. Next thing you know, he makes double bogey, and to a playoff we go. And he talked about how you know he just kind of went in. He said, I went in, I washed my face, tried to regroup because I knew – Jordan was playing well, and I had to shake that hole off if I wanted to have any chance to win. He turns around. It's a three-hole playoff, uh, and he birdied number three, knocking it in there two feet, and Wilson missed about a six-footer that would have sent it to a fourth hole. Uh, So Ryder Cowan is your stroke play, state stroke play champion uh, after those two guys just blitzed the field, man. Uh, You look at the final leaderboard. They were five ahead of everybody. They both ended up 16 under par. Ryder shot 65, 70, and then it's another 65 yesterday for his 16 under total. Uh, Wilson went 67, 66, 67 uh, for his 16 under total. Uh, man, what a, what an awesome display that those two guys put on yesterday at the Territory, which, by the way, when you hear 16 under through three rounds, you're probably thinking, oh, what kind of pitch and putt is that? That ain't what ter- the Territory is for most mere mortals. Uh, but with the way that those two guys play, that's just an awesome, awesome uh, accomplishment by, by both those guys. But congrats to Ryder, man. That's, that's so cool uh, to to see. A, you know, you see a, you see a kid that as a young fella out here, and you think to yourself, that dude's good. That dude, you know, what can he do? What might he do? And then you see as he's uh, kind of progressed throughout his career, uh, two-time state champion, headed to OU in the fall, and just uh, you know, quite frankly – maybe the best player in Oklahoma. Yeah, that's going to be really fun to watch him through his collegiate career and then beyond. It feels like his trajectory is is incredibly high, uh, at, you know, at the high, highest level of golf. I mean, right now, I mean, he just every time you hear about him, he just feels like he's getting better and better and better. And case in point right there, and I love that approach. Go in, watch your face, just say, ah, can't let this hole beat me. I'll just go out there. and It's, it's an incredible – mature a way to to approach it 
Because you could let a hole like that beat you. Oh, no doubt. You can go, my, well, what's going on? I blew it. Oh, man, woe is me. Like, ah, whatever. He just, you know, kicked the dirt. He just wiped the dirt off his shoulder and said, I'm just going to go ahead, go out there and keep playing. Yeah, that's a, to be able to have the mental toughness to let that go because you know you're standing on the 18th tee with, with the lead kind of, you know, yeah. some of us start thinking about the trophy and instead then it's then it's gone and you have to kind of regroup that's really really impressive for him to be able to to kind of like you say shake that uh, disappointment off and then come back and, and play solid and, and end up birding in the third hole uh, to win the stroke play it had to have been a comfortable pairing it talks about in the story and reading in the uh, golf oklahoma magazine how how those guys play really frequently out at oak tree and you know who the third in the group off, often is Who's that? Victor Hovland. Really? Yeah. That's fun. And said so they're, they're accustomed to watching both guys, and he said a lot of fun. We both played well. Jordan's a great player, and he's the writer, so I'm proud of the way he played today. He says a lot like our rounds at Oak Tree. We always have a good time playing with each other, and today was no different. So that's that is awesome. And did you see that trophy? Yeah, he probably lifted it up and said, take the picture. Take <laughs> yeah, it. Take I, it. I'm looking at a picture with him holding the trophy. He's kind of leaning back and, and a little he, bit. And it's about down. I mean, his forearms are kind of, you can see the bulge <laughs> the of, of the tension. And it's uh, it's it starts at about his knees, and the little golfer on top of it is above his hat. I mean, he's a massive trophy uh, that uh, Ryder won yesterday at the Stroke Play <laughs> That's Championship. That's you have to put in the back of the truck and strap it down. Imagine <laughs> yeah. seeing that going up north on I-35. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. So uh, re- really cool uh, to see that yesterday from a, from a really good dude, by the way. All right, Jared. When we come back, we haven't mentioned the NBA Finals Game 1, and then also huge, uh, huge <laughs> news concerning football schedules yesterday that we can talk about as well. Coming back to wrap up a Garrison Financial Friday right here on the Skinny on Sports on the Sports Animal. Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018, and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs, as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice. The Skinny on Sports. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal, wrapping it up for the week here on a Garrison Financial Friday. Scott was in here earlier talking about uh, the economic impact of what the Women's College World Series generates for Oklahoma City. Uh, but he talked to you. Um, he worked with your, your accountants to be able to streamline all the tax ramifications, all the different returns that need to be filed. He's right there, lock and step, uh, with those people 
Uh, and as I mentioned, he'll shop the open market, bring you the best value on all your life insurance and your investments. It's a rocky time in the in the financial markets right now, and Scott can help you kind of navigate through those waters uh, as uh, things are volatile, to say the least, right now in the financial markets. Scott at SoonerWealth.com is his email address. 124 North Main is the location of his office down there on the corner of 3rd and Main Street. All right, in one, Denver took control early, led by 17 and halftime, and then just kind of held. It was almost like the big brother holding the little, little brother's head. Little brother's trying to swing it, quite reach the big brother. Holding for 90. I want to ask you this. Is there any on the face of planet that can dominate a game the way that Nikola Jokic dominated, dominated last night in the first half while only taking three shots? Anna, playing in now. Does that make sense? But, no, he was awesome. Expected that. Our question of who can guard him with – I can never say his name. Adebayo. Not on him. This is just a mismatch out the gate. We knew it was. And someone in the fields last – getting text about the game from my buddies, and one guy out summed it up for me when he said, okay, that's how it's going. Because I was wondering, how's it going? He said, either little brother thing and in you know you high school and you you know you're either on the varsity or jv and usually the jv's procedure for just to, to tune them up and and for practice and this they said you know yeah there's a little bit of competitiveness on that jv team so this is an eight seed going up against a one seed and is just a better team the x's and o's the jimmy's and uh, situation if you're miami you have to make threes and on ESPN Stats and Info, which second kind of one of those analytics deep, and mm-hmm. last night Miami was 5 of 16 on what is considered wide open threes. What's a wide open th- uh, Fenders plus away. So you just wide open shots. Yeah. They only made 5 out of 16. You know what they shot in the conference finals versus the Celtics on those similar? They I'm going to go. They made half of them. Percent that versus- has six fans crazy, right? <laughs> so that's, uh, that's obviously going to happen. But – I feel more uh, about picking a sweep. Yeah, with you on it that just one. you're right. It just does when you watch shots, can things can change. But man, just is poised to hold Ryan, and I need long to do it. Was the second player ever to record a triple double in their finals debut? You know who the first? Jordan. Nope. LeBron. Nope. I don't know. Jason. For the Nets, would back in two versus the Lakers. Would have never guessed. Uh, Jamal Murray become the second mates to have 25 points apiece in an NBA Finals game. You know who they join? To the go-to. Uh, Jordan and Pippen? Nope. Further back. I don't know. Who? Magic and James Worthy. Pretty good Jokic company. becomes the second player in NBA history to lead both teams outright in points and assists, meaning both teams on you know he mm-hmm. he had more than anybody on Miami in both those categories as well in his finals debut. You want to guess who the other one was? Of course, Jared, you're going to get it right. Michael, <laughs> <laughs> you got to ask me NBA trip. Start there to Jordan yeah. or, or or LeBron, and then furthermore, yeah. stay the course. So, um, the nut day back in the Mile High City. Much comeback, historic comeback coming up a little bit short for Boston. The day, cool as that might prop happening, is right. The heater matched. Whereas they had, they had, they were a lot to handle at you than what Miami is. How much credit could or should Denver give Boston for stretching that series out? Yeah, I just don't know if it matters. Is that a thing? Maybe. 
Right, we talked about the rust versus rest yesterday and how many the, the team that rested was, too, in these situations where they had the other team play to game seven. Um, Miami just doesn't have the horse last night. The problem was it took him 25. Miami only got to the line versus 20 for Denver. And it, it wasn't like it. Lee, the refs are – they had to take threes. Don't have a – Dallas with Jokic. He was good. 20 floor. And that's just how good Jokic is. And I think people are going to be mesmerized by what he can do. Pass just off the charts. And he'll turn his – his passing is so good. And it twice – just left elbow jumpers and left elbow jumpers in order to to make a great pass for a layup. I mean, it's just, man, he's good. He is, and he, and he doesn't look like he's good, if that makes sense, because he just kind of rumbles around out there the way he moves. But whew, he can get it. And uh, I feel good. Nuggets, you want to talk about shocker. I'll be shocked if they don't win the series. It's just how many games does it take? Oh, I agree with you there, absolutely. All right, SEC yesterday afternoon announced that at least for next year, they're sticking with the eight-game conference schedule. How surprised this is that they're going to do this, and how much do you think that this is a thing just for next or in 2020 in Texas conference? I mean, I know the schedules are going to be released in two weeks for that 2024 season. How much? How long that this eight-game thing? Um, one year. The first. I like, yeah, I feel like this was a compromise until they can really figure it out. So it's kind of like a test run. But I, I don't understand why. It, it sounded like they were in favor of eight more than nine from these meetings and hearing. It me, but maybe I'm not looking at it from a who is probably pulling a lot of, hey, this is what we want, and then, and then tell their bosses, go talk about it with them. But I feel like nine games, that's public wants. That's what TVs want. But um surprised that that's not what the higher levels want. Product for everybody. For the fan, it does. Right. So I, that's where I failed. The, to, is, it, is it a better product for this? Do the schools? Which is 100% want. Why? They're making millions of dollars. And what kind of goes into that? Making a bowl game. Having a winning yeah, record. Yeah, yeah. And that kind of thing where you can schedule ends. My concern is with an – correct me if I'm wrong because it's very convoluted. You get to play one rival a year with an eight-game schedule, correct? That's right. So what happens to OU Texas? Texas is the rivalry. That's who's playing. That is 100%. It's yeah. not going to go to every no, – no. admi- well, I'll admit it. That's my worry is that what would happen to that because A&M steps in and goes, no, no, we want Texas, which is I don't see A&M ever do because they're such of the league, but – you know, I mean, that just seems like a, a rivalry within itself, too, obviously. The beauty of the nine is you, if mm-hmm. you're clearly, it's going to be Auburn. Yeah. But Tennessee. Right. If you're Tennessee, you've got, but you've also got Bama. You know, Georgia, you've got Florida, but you've also got, it, people don't realize, longest running. That's why the nine made so much more sense. Three kind of permanent, and then you switched mm-hmm. around with, do you realize? I mean, it seems like A&M's ever now. Right? Never been to College Station. Did not realize that. When they were there and then they got – and they had never been to College Station. It's the problem to me with the eight game and getting to, to 16-9, which you got to switch the other six. Teed as a freshman, see every place and see everybody come to you in four years. And it doesn't end better, too, because you're – You get to Norman Quick fan Austin, you know, that, that many years. Exactly. I mean – And vice versa, you know, for OU fans yeah. who's never – Athens or – or single, that kind of thing. Right, yeah. 
I mean, what A&M was there, what, 20? Was that their first year? 2011. Uh, I, I can't remember. I think it was 2012. 2011 I just think remember watching. That's right. <laughs> and so, but what I'm saying is it's been more than a decade since they've been in the – and George has never been there. It's crazy. That's what the nine got away from. Observing those rivalries. The whole point of the sport yeah. is the rival. And so listening to the guys in the app talking about why on out there that see, yes, they did money from ESPN versus the same game, trying to hold hold out hope that maybe a nine game even generate more revenue, basically, instead of having the eight. It doesn't mean because of ESPN just being for the marquee game. They're, you know what I'm saying? They're not looking for right. the, you know the more inventory necessarily down the list. But we'll see what happens. I, I It does seem like a test run, right? I, I, I just can't imagine it's going to stay this way. If it does, what does that do? Because right now, for 2024, Oklahoma needs two, two non-conference games. I think they were probably banking on the idea – of having nine conference games and then just having to find one. I think they got Temple and Tulane now looking for two. If it's eight, doesn't that almost guarantee that we'll see non-conference games like we have in the past? Kind of that marquee yeah. game. Well, isn't the caveat is they will. Yeah, there's something like that. Uh, a power five a or power something. power five, which let's face it, the way the expansion's happening, oh, you could go and schedule – Memphis, if that's a thing, right. if they get to the Big Twelve and that that, but yeah, I like the idea of having better non-conference games. I think everybody does, and and especially, especially early in September. What's that? Especially with eight games. Yes, yeah. You know, with nine, you you replace Tulsa with even if it's Mississippi State, or even you know what I'm saying. Even if it's mm-hmm. Kentucky. It's still a way better opponent than what you could get in some of those, you know, guarantee money games or what have you. I just, I just think it's a, it's kind of a bummer in a lot of ways. That if it continues down this road and, and it's permanent, what we're not going to see that we're so accustomed to seeing. I mean, the third Saturday of every October, you get geared up for Alabama, Tennessee, especially now that Tennessee's back on track. You know, and, mm-hmm. and if that goes away or goes to every other year or every three, two years or what have you. You know, it, it reminds you so much of Nebraska and how that rivalry lost its luster once the Big 12 came about. And I just felt like the SEC had it to see those things, right those wrongs, and they chose not to. Now, here's the one question I do have. With it being, if we think, do we, do we think that this is going to be kind of a, a stopgap thing until Oklahoma and Texas can not only be in the room, but also be members of the conference, i.e., can actually vote on this. That's a good point, too. That's why there's a – yeah. I think that'll be a thing, too, next this time next year, where they can come in and have more of a say and a vote. So do we take – 100% believe so in that. Do we take what we see in two weeks for the 2024 conference schedule with a grain of salt? Maybe a little bit. And that like, it can all get, change? Don't get used to it, Yeah. So they then OU comes in and says, nope, switch it up. We want it to be nine. And, it, and they just throw away that schedule that they released and 
Yeah, will they already have a nine gamer figured out, ready to go, and ready to go in case it, it, something changes before the twenty twenty four season kicks off? That's a good point. Because their official members on July one. Was that right? Not this. No, no. Well, can they have a vote? When are they official members? Do they even have a vote next year? At this time. So probably everything we just said is mute. I don't think they're official members until July 1. Maybe July 1 of 24. That's right. Yeah. That's no, why we're seeing this. Yeah, it, that, we're going right. to play that twenty four schedule that we're going to get. That's in right. Two just weeks. it may be just a one year mm-hmm. with them in the conference playing. And I and I also think you know what, that's a hundred percent right because you know what else you're seeing that year that you're going to see on these schedules, you're going to see those other rivalries being played for that year. You're going to see Alabama, Tennessee. You're going to see Georgia, Auburn. And I think that's probably just a precursor of what you're what we're going to get after these two years when it's re- renegotiated re-talked about I think you're going to see that nine game schedule come into being once Oklahoma and Texas can be in the room and vote because it, from everything you read both were in favor of nine and so maybe Greg Sankey just kind of said okay table this discussion until I can get two more allies in the in the room that can kind of change you know, and then you got two years to lobby, try to turn somebody around, and then all of a sudden it's nine to seven instead of what it was uh, seemingly this time at like eight to six or nine to five in favor of the other one. It's fascinating. It is. But I just, I know this with the way the TV is, all the money that's being shelled out, the more marquee games, the better as far as the TV people. And I think necessitate, is that a word? I think so. I think it is, too. But all of a sudden, I was thinking about resuscitate, like I just passed out. Anyhow, I think it's going to necessitate the the better schedules. And obviously, in the SEC, having nine is that. But maybe they just don't. There, there's a, we've always accused the SEC close to members. You kind of forget the arguments that you always had against them last time or playoff time. And that extra game, you know what this game adds? An extra loss to half the conference. And does that pull down the advantage that they've always had with the numbers, with the strength of schedules, if half the conference gets another loss? And that's got to be something that they're thinking about. Mm-hmm. Besides just getting bowl eligible, you know, keeping million dollar, multi-million dollar jobs as head coaches to go seven and six and make a bowl versus something different. All those things are weighing in. It feels like at least for these two, as opposed to the conference decision, which usually doesn't happen in the SEC. So does it just, does it now mean less because there can't be another game? It just means less now, Jared. Just means less. It just means less. <laughs> Here you go with that. Good stuff. It'd be interesting to see what happens. I didn't realize in two weeks that uh, schedule would be released. That's two weeks from yesterday. That's pretty exciting. Or Wednesday, maybe, the 14th. That's pretty exciting. Who else would have a show other than the NFL to release your schedule? SEC Network, baby. Everybody have a great weekend. We'll be back on Monday. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports Podcast with Aaron Cow. 
Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to 